Happy holidays and welcome back to the Mental Breakdown. Sorry, I was thinking about that. It's holiday time. It I is. Yeah. It is. We're just a couple of days away from Christmas, um, but we are recording a podcast today to talk about uh, a topic that we've talked about before a little bit, mm -hmm. emotional little intelligence. Bit. Right. Never directly. Um, no. Right. We kind of skirted around it a little bit, talking about the importance of understanding mm -hmm. and appreciating our, our emotions and, and feelings. And uh, But today we're going to talk about an article, uh, some research, that tied emotional intelligence very mm -hmm. tightly to actually academics. Right. Who would have thought there, there was a relationship, a significant relationship, mm -hmm. between emotional intelligence and academic achievement? Right. It's one of those, um, you remember the book Paul Tuff wrote? Yes. Called um, How to Succeed? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and in that- How Kids Succeed, something like that. How Yeah, How Children Succeed or yeah. something like that. Um, in that book, um, which is an excellent book, if you haven't read it, it yeah. it's worth uh, spending some time with. Um, in that book, he talks about non-cognitive factors right. mm -hmm. because um, the study, this, this, uh, the article that we have in our show notes is based on a large set study right. that was published in Psychological Bulletin, and <clears throat> articles in Psychological Bulletin are typically very long. Right. So this was a study that was done in Australia. Yeah. Well, the authors are in Australia. The um, Participants came from many different countries, mm -hmm, 27 mm -hmm. different countries yeah. or something. And so it was a sort of an international uh, sampling of individuals. The idea was, um, let's see what contribution is made by emotional intelligence. Right. Because the focus in most of the 20th century mm -hmm. has been, uh, the focus in academics has been on um, intellectual abilities, mm -hmm and cognitive factors such as attention and memory and right. that sort of thing. And, and teacher factors. And well, teacher factors yeah. and standardized tests. Right. What, what the push has been around the world has been to improve standardized test scores. Right. We've talked about those in the past, certainly. But this We're we'll talking about it again in the near future. We are. We will. End of year. Because it's gonna be, <clears throat> that testing season is on its way. Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have some additional things to talk about this yeah. year because of the value-added formula. We're gonna mm -hmm. talk about some stuff that everybody should know about. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this, this whole idea of emotional intelligence comes under that broader heading of non-cognitive factors right. that affect uh, educational performance. Right, and so just a, a, a brief <clears throat> little bit of information as to how, how they do this. You know, So what they'll do with these kinds of studies is they will, um, they'll, they'll take the ultimate outcome that they're looking at. So in this right. case, academic achievement. You know, there may be academic scores, there may be test scores, there may be mm -hmm. you know grades in a class or something like that. And they'll they'll assess all of these different factors, or they'll they'll collect information on all these different mm -hmm. factors like IQ and achievement and right. um, emotional intelligence and you know uh, family dynamics and you know g uh, demographic right. information and things like that. And they'll they'll put all of that information and in, you know they with these kinds of studies, it's ideal to have as big of a sample size as possible, you know, thousands of participants. Right. And they'll throw all those, all that data into a, an analysis. Right. Um, and they will look at the relative <laughs> contributions or the relative relationships between each of those factors and the ultimate outcome that we're interested in. Right. And so then we're able to say, you know, emotion, in this case, emotional intelligence has this strength of a relationship mm -hmm. to academic achievement. Right. And again, it was pretty impressive the, the strength and the, the magnitude of that relationship. That's right. Um, when, when you throw all that in, 
um, things like intellectual ability. Mm -hmm. How much does that predict? Conscientiousness, how much does that predict? Right. Um, um, socioeconomic status, mm -hmm. how much mm -hmm. does that predict? Uh, birth order. How, right. you know, so, so we take each one of these things, and what the authors found was a pretty significant effect mm -hmm. of emotional intelligence. I'm not sure that they even expected it to right. be as large as it yeah, was. I think, I think it was a surprise to them. Yeah. Right. And so when we're talking about emotional <laughs> intelligence, what we're, what we're referring to is, again, um, it's defined a little bit differently in different studies. Uh, but basically what we're talking about is your, your awareness of your own emotions, your, the awareness of um, and, and your ability to connect how you feel with what's going on around you and what's mm -hmm. happening in your life right. um, and to be able to correctly and, and, and you know, consistently identify your emotions and how you're feeling about things and right. all of that kind of falls into this realm of emotional intelligence. Right. The term itself uh, was first coined. It was coined in 1990 yeah, by um, two researchers, Peter uh, Sal Salovey, I think is how it pronounces it, and John Mayer. Mm -hmm. And they define it as the ability to monitor one's own and others' feelings mm -hmm. and emotions right. and to discriminate among them and to use this information to guide one's thinking and action. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-part thing. It's understanding your feelings and the feelings of others, right. and um, to use that knowledge, that information, that understanding, to guide your feelings and your actions. Right. Um, I was working with a, a young fellow the other day, and he, he said, I don't understand other mm -hmm. people right. at all. I don't right. understand. He said, my friends have said, don't you realize that she was angry? And he'll mm -hmm. say, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Be and he's aware that he doesn't understand the emotions of others. And he's really struggling. It's why he's coming, because he, he wants help right. to better understand how to interpret others' emotions, because right. he freely admits that he doesn't. Right. And I can see now, you know, <clears throat> this, this school year, I'm, I'm back working in the schools yeah. um, and spending much more time directly, you know, on the front lines mm -hmm. of right. sorts, oh, yeah. um, with, with, with students. And you can see. Mm -hmm. that in, in students in their day-to-day -day life, you know, w just walking down the hall, right. you can see those kids who have the ability to appreciate and uh, not only their own emotions mm -hmm. and feelings about things, but those of others. Right. And, and those kids who have a difficult time with that, you know, certainly they have a lot of behavioral issues. And we've always right. attributed emotional intelligence to behavior exactly, uh, because they, we talk about emotional dysregulation and those kinds of things. Uh, but again, this study tied it to academics, which is a sort of a new a new experience, a new, um, right. a new line of research that looks like it's going to need to be more fully explored. You know, I was, you saw me looking elsewhere yeah. while you were talking, and, and it, what you were talking about reminded me that, remember we did a talk for a domestic violence? Yes. Okay. And as I was talking about something, the, now I've forgotten his name, he's the director mm -hmm. of um, uh, ACES mm -hmm. in Florida. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember his name. Right. And... Um, he he gave me a little note mm -hmm. at the end of at the end of my talk, and he said, and I'm I can I can barely see it from here. It says behavior is the language of a child's emotions. Yes, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. is that you can tell yeah. those kids who understand their emotions and the emotions of others have a much better time behaviorally in mm -hmm. school. Yeah. and it's the kids who don't get it. Right. You know, you, you you say to yourself, why would a kid just get up and walk around in the middle of the class? Mm -hmm because he's not fully aware of how disruptive that is to other people. Right. They just don't understand 
how disruptive and or disrespect or whatever they're being. Well, they're know? they're working to meet their needs. Their need, you know, I and, got and, and their need is I can't keep sitting here. <laughs> I got to right. get up and move around. And this, I'm not angry with anybody. I'm not upset. Right. I don't dislike anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't get it. Yeah. You know, and so. So you're, when you were talking about the relationship between emotions and behavior, it made me think about that wonderful, yeah. um, that wonderful phrase. But we see this relationship mm-hmm. with emotional intelligence in schools, but we also see it as they, as this author puts it, after graduation mm-hmm. in real life. Right. But it also, um, they have better health and mental health outcomes. Right. Okay. Right. So the ability to understand and manage your emotions is related to school performance, job mm-hmm. performance, and your overall health and, and well-being. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we talk about achievement, we're not just talking about academic right. ach- academics it turns and grades. Out. Right. We're talking about achievement in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful that these kinds of studies are coming out because I, I was talking to a friend last night, and we were talking about how, you know, for so long there has been this um, sort of... Um, just overall social tendency to to disallow boys from showing emotion. Oh, yes. uh, we mm-hmm. really work hard to restrict boys' <laughs> expression mm-hmm. um, and, and description and, and discussion even about different emotions. Um, we were talking about the new Star Wars and, and how there's some things that relate to that in there. And and the issue is is that um, you know we're now coming out with all this research to suggest that's not such a great thing. Right. You know, when we the way that we think about thinking about uh, Fraser yeah. uh, Smith over in, in Scotland, in Scotland right. um, the importance of you know how we define masculinity, mm-hmm. and we tend to define it in many ways as non emotive. Um, exactly. We don't show emotion. Right. We have happy and we have angry, right. um, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Right. That that men are are you know socially permitted. Yeah, it's okay to be angry. Right. You know, but yeah, goodness, don't cry. Yeah. Um, so, so it's it's wonderful that this research is coming out because we do need boys, especially, to mm-hmm. have the ability to express their emotions and do so accurately, um, mm-hmm. so that they can recognize how you know how they feel, how others feel, and th- and those interrelationships. Right. That's right. Um, it's a you know we talked a few weeks ago about the hundreds of different emotions right. that are produced. Um, and yet we restrict ourselves to just a few. Yeah. And people continue to be afraid of emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell my patient, no, l- if you're experiencing an emotion, experience it, mm-hmm. understand it, deal with it, because you can't do any of that unless you, you vent it, you get it out where right. you can deal with it. If you, and we all know that if you um, internalize, if you mm-hmm. keep them all inside, eventually, I mean, the most severe form would be a conversion yeah. where, where it converts you convert an emotional right. uh, feeling into an actual physical illness, yeah. you know, which is uh, which is another level of pathology that should never occur. Right. But people do it all the time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Um, now, why are we? Emo- you know, the other thing it made me think about when we did this um, in pediatrics, mm-hmm. we talk about five areas of development. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we're right. looking at babies or early childhood or infants or neonates. We talk about their gross motor development, mm-hmm. their fine motor development, their cognitive or intellectual development, and their speech and language development. Mm-hmm. And that's what most of the mm-hmm. growth charts, yeah. uh, is your child getting the R sound? Is right. your child toilet trained? Is your child right. riding a bike at age five? There's a fifth one, and that's yeah. called social emotional development. Which, which is, has always been. It's always been there. One of the five. 
but we, whoever thinks about it, right. you know, it's like, I, I need to spend time working on my child's social emotional development. Well, well the, and the, the main way that we think about it <clears throat> is through social play. That's right. We look at parallel play, associative play, mm -hmm. and, then, um, and right. then cooperative play. Right. And, and we say, okay, they're, they're playing, there's two kids sitting on the floor playing with the same blocks, building the same tower. That's cooperative play. There we go. Yeah, they're, they're good. Right. But there's so much more to, to my, it than that. My child doesn't bite. Yeah. She doesn't hit. So I guess everything's okay. Right. You know, or maybe not. Right. You know, um, we say by age five, um, what are the markers? Because by age five, kids go to kindergarten. One of the markers is they play well with others. Right. Okay. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's sort of a mile marker, right. but that's only a part of it. There's a there are, there are dozens of other factors mm -hmm. that go into that, and one of the mistakes that many parents make is that there's uh, we talked about tiger moms a few mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. They're so intent upon having their a child be an expert, um, mm -hmm. be be superior in academics right. or superior in sports, and mm -hmm. we understand all that, but you're doing that at the expense. Right of these other things. You know, I want my child to be the all-star athlete. I want my child mm -hmm. to be first in her class. Yeah. Well, don't forget that there's also a part of your child that, that is a social-emotional right. component, and that also needs to be nurtured and developed. Absolutely. They need to learn those skills as well. And frequently, those are ignored. You right. know, if there isn't some glaring problem, then you assume everything is okay. May not be the case. Absolutely, and again, bringing this back to the study that we're talking about, yeah. mm -hmm. um, th these researchers found that students who have higher emotional intelligence, right. that, that, that have that awareness of their own emotions and those mm -hmm. of the, uh, those emotions of others, um, they tend to perform better academically. That's right, and and they they bring up four things. You know, say, well, what is the relationship? And and going back to the study, one is that students who have higher emotional intelligence are better able to regulate test anxiety. Right. Okay, we all all feel test anxiety. Right. I which mean, which we tend to uh, set aside right. um, unless it's profound and the student needs extra ca extra care, extra support right. or something like that. Mm -hmm. But every student experiences test anxiety. Right. But they have to be able to manage it. They, they have to. Everybody has performance. You're all nervous when you get up in front of an audience and you sing yeah. or you're in a play or you're giving a speech. Everybody gets their barbers. I mean, professional entertainers get nervous. Okay, but you have to be able to manage that anxiety. You mm -hmm. have to be able to keep it under control. So they're be better able to manage anxiety. Second, they're better, and I love this. They're better able to manage boredom. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm. I always struggle when somebody comes in. Well, he's bored in school. <laughs> Got to be able to do something about that. <laughs> really good students find something to do. Yeah. Um, something something appropriate. Right. They'll read a book, they'll yeah. talk to other, they'll help other kids, they'll do kids who are emotionally stable don't get bored. Right. Okay. Uh, they might, but they can handle their boredom right. just like they can handle their anxiety. Okay? Being bored doesn't lead to acting out. That's right. It do doesn't lead to failure and anger yeah. and all that stuff. Okay. Third, uh, they're better able to navigate social problems. Right. Which are inevitable. And which makes complete sense. If I know how I feel and I can appreciate how you feel, right. we're going to get along a lot better even if we're really upset with each other. That's right. And, and so you, you go to school and you are going to encounter uh, all sorts of people, mm -hmm. but kids, administrators, teachers, mm -hmm. uh, and you have to, Janet, the lunch lady, 
And you have to be able to n navigate all these relationships mm -hmm. and to solve the problems that might arise, yeah. okay? Um, and uh, fourth is students who have higher emotional intelligence build better relationships with other students, but also with also with their teachers, right. okay? They get along with their teachers. Right. And they're not they're not struggling and battling and because they understand their emotions they understand that teachers also can get angry mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they have families that they have problems right. okay this this whole thing about having a little bit of empathy empathy is learned very early yeah. I mean two and three year old children yeah. if they see their mother crying they will go up and offer yeah. support and, mm -hmm. and, and and help um, so empathy develops very early but yeah. it has to be encouraged right. it has to be uh, you have Foster. to allow your children to do that. Yeah, right? and, and we've talked about this before. I, I think we talked about it on the podcast. Maybe we wrote about it. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. um, kids learn best from those who they like and right. who they know like them. And mm -hmm. so that, that the importance of that relationship is critical, right. that the students are able to connect with their teachers and feel as though their teacher cares about them. Mm -hmm. But again, as this research suggests, a lot of that comes from that emotional intelligence. Right. And as far as academic advantages, specific academic advantages are concerned is, we, we talked about they're better able to manage anxiety and mm -hmm. boredom and, and disappointments. Right. You know, you fail, you fail on assignment, you don't fall apart, you don't get angry, right. you, you rebuild right. from that. Okay, how do you handle disappointments? Um, second, you're uh, better able to manage in courses. If you take a math course, there's nothing emotional about it. You just do the math. That's why you like math, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Right. I, I do like non-emotional. No, but it, when you take a when you have to interpret, mm -hmm. like if you're in an English class and you're reading Animal Farm or Fahrenheit 451, and there are things to interpret yeah. and the motives of the motives of others and that mm -hmm. sort of thing, kids who have higher emotional intelligence are just are at, are at advantage. Yeah. Where kids who they just I don't I don't get it. I mean, there's yeah. I, I don't care about this stuff at all. Why is there a talking pig? Right. I don't know anything about that. There's a spider. That's all I remember. Yeah, exactly. And then. Third, uh, you understand the feelings. Uh, you better understand the feelings of others, so that you can work in groups. Um, you can ask for help. Mm -hmm. You 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 know when somebody else is struggling, you can provide help for them. And research has shown for a long time <clears throat> that cooperative learning groups in schools with with, with um, varying degrees of of expertise mm -hmm. um, are the one of some of the best ways best, best learning environments right. for students that's right and then when you're when you're ready to um, leave the, the, the middle school and high school you go off to college if you have higher emotional intelligence it's easier for you to manage on your own yeah. you know you don't you don't need a lot that of parental support right mm -hmm. you can also interpret negative feedback better mm -hmm. you're going to get negative feedback yeah. and you don't fall apart you use that negative feedback to, to improve and mm -hmm. to get better, okay? You, you, you shouldn't be getting all A's and you should be criticized because that criticism is what's gonna make you better. Mm -hmm. And then your ability to bounce back from failure, yeah. you know, that's the other thing. So the, having this, this um, a good understanding of your emotions, mm -hmm. emotion, your emotions and the emotions of others really provides with provides students with a distinct academic advantage. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and not just socially, Right. But academically as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep. so we're gonna. I think we're gonna spend a lot more time on this in 2020 um, because the the research and, and everything is moving towards emotions, emotional regulation, right. and, and the way that we understand how we mm -hmm. feel about things and how others feel, and, and really fostering those that development. And you know, you and I have been around long enough to have seen this the pendulum swing mm -hmm. back and forth a few times, and right now the pendulum has swung 
in the direction of standardized tests right. and test scores and passing these examinations and things, but you can feel it beginning to mm -hmm. swing back. Yeah. Um, we call the, many people call these soft skills, right. you know, uh, emotional intelligence or non-cognitive skills, and that, well, that's a waste of time, like right. recess, you know, yeah. that's a waste. Well, now we're learning that those things aren't a waste of time, yeah, that you can't take massive. eight and nine and 10 year old kids and hammer away at academics mm -hmm. all day long. You, you right. have to have these other breaks. So it's not a waste of time. Right. It's something we should be paying attention to, both parents uh, from birth to five, and then teachers after they enter school. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but we'll talk more about it as we get into the new year. Yeah, I think we're going to so. spend cognitive. Uh, what do they call it? Cognitive neuroscience. Yes, is an area that I think we'll begin to yeah. till some of that soil. Affective neuroscience. <clears throat> affective neuroscience. Yeah. Right. So, all right, we got That's that right. book. Affective neuroscience, not cognitive. Yeah. Man, that that. Uh, Have you? We could talk about the, that rat study. That's fascinating to me with the with the rats that wrestle. <laughs> It's fascinating. You know what you were talking about for a minute. You're talking about the rats that wrestle. Oh, yeah. Rats that wrestle. Wrestling rats. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for today. Have a very happy holiday. Yeah, for sure. It's and coming next week. Right? It's a couple days. Yeah. yeah, a few days. So um, have a very happy holiday. We'll be back um, next week with, with some more, talking about some more stuff. We're going to work really hard over the course of the next year to, 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 to you know, put out a lot more information, a lot more uh, videos and podcasts. Um, I miss, there, there's a part of me that misses doing our daily podcast. And we can change that. Um, it was, a, it was tough, but I miss it. I miss yeah. talking. We, about we need stuff. to do more. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. More, okay. more courses and stuff. 2020 right. is the, the, the year of uh, clear vision. Wow. So, all right. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. Mm -hmm.